welcome to the BPL podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Laser, and I'm here today with a very special guest, Sharon Udall. Sharon, thanks for being here. <laughs> Thank you. So Sharon Udall is an enrollment coordinator at Artson College Preparatory Academy in Columbus, Ohio. Sharon has spent the past few decades of her life being the following, a C++ coder, a math tutor, a vegan baker, a member of over 25 bands, short order cook, and a hip-hop dance teacher. Sharon has been described as the following, a warm bowl of soup, a tornado, a jalapeno pepper, and a Jackson Pollock paint. So Sharon works at the Arts and College Preparatory Academy, or ACPA, which is a tuition-free public charter high school located on the east side of Columbus, serving students in grades 7 through 12. It was founded in 2002, and it is a model charter school combining academics and interdisciplinary arts instruction. Their mission is to have a climate and culture that is based on a trailblazing arts and college prep curriculum in an environment that is safe, inclusive, and progressive. So Sharon, can you talk about your role at the Arts and College Preparatory Academy and what drew you to the school? Uh, well, okay, so a few years ago, my best friend, <laughs> Noah, was like, yo, who's the music teacher here, um, uh, the instrumental music teacher here, um, was like, yo, you should come hang out at my high school. And I was just like, why? I don't care. I've been out of high school forever. I don't care. And he was like, no, but my high school's really cool. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. I kind of ignored him. And then he, then he came with an offer and he said, hey, there's a student who needs um, some piano playing mentorship. I think you could really work with them. And I was like, fine. <laughs> so I came to the school and I turned the corner, I, you know, I turned the corner entering the school and like a group of students were like, you are so beautiful. And I was like, wait, what is this place? Like, this is not high school. Like high school doesn't <laughs> feel like this. Um, so I fell in love instantly. I started working with um, that student and um, working with another student, her uh, whose name is Mick, who is in the band Snarls. And, um, and, and, um, just kept working with students and then the after school coordinator at that point was like, yo, do you want to like get paid? And I was like, sure. Yeah, sure. I'll get paid. And so I started working the after school program and that friend, um, who ran the after school program went to grad school and I took his job, um, along with another person and we ran the job together and then I just kept and then I like just kept doing things and moving around in here so I like directed the musical for one year then I moved into marketing and then I moved into enrollment and so now I work in enrollment here and what's I mean I don't know I what I what I really like about my job is that I that I kind of get to be, for a lot of people, I'm the first person they meet when they come to the school. And I think that I don't necessarily look like what a high school administrator looks like. And I think that I am a really good gauge. <laughs> <laughs> so you're almost like this ambassador to the school in a way? Yes, yes, yeah. Um, which, is, which is really cool. And I really love listening to parents and love working with parents to find a place, you know, and sometimes 
what I, I really love also, I mean, not to like toot my own horn, but I really love how I've gotten better at being honest about people's needs. Like sometimes people want a school and this might not be the one for them. And, and I, uh, you know, I'm not like car salesman about it. And I'm, I've been, I've met some really beautiful parents and some really beautiful families. And, um, I love introducing them to the school. Sounds like the perfect fit then, right? And, it's and pretty yeah, great. I, I'm, I feel like, you know, people must appreciate students and parents alike, your honesty that, you know, it sounds like you're not just going to try and pitch them on the school and get them to yeah. go no matter what. I mean, and then sometimes I'm just like, I, I find a family and, you know, sometimes, you know, it, it all depends. It all depends on what their needs are. And I, I pride myself in being a fairly intuitive person and working with families. Yeah, absolutely. So can you talk about um, so your experience as a first-generation Nigerian-American and how that shapes your goals and priorities as an educator? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 100 percent, um, one million thousand gajillion percent. Um, so I am the daughter of highly educated people. I am one of the least educated people in my nuclear family. <laughs> And uh, I really understand that sometimes there's some schools that just really don't give enough support to folks like me. I was lucky to have parents who drilled um, work ethic into me. And that doesn't always happen with some parents. Some parents can't, you know. I'm really privileged in that, like, both of my parents worked and, um, you know, they went through hell to get there, but they both worked. And um, and so they were able to help me with my homework. And my dad is um, my dad was a math major in college. So he and he was a programmer. So, like, there's a lot of setups that I had that really got me in the right place. A lot of kids don't have that setup. So what I tried, what. I really try to do is to, our school has really strong support systems all over the place for kids who, um, for especially for first generation Americans who may not have had that same structure. And some first generation American kids also just like are rock stars. I mean, their parents, I don't know. Immigrants are amazing, is all I have to say. <laughs> and um, we're all different. We're all, we're all very different immigrant children. But there's a lot of pressure on us. And sometimes we can crack under that pressure, and sometimes we don't. But in either case, like, it's really nice to have them at least come here and um, feel like they can be happy and accepted and their narrative is accepted and that that at least helps quite a bit for, for sure and 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 like so what what's the what's the feedback been like or what do you what do you notice now in terms of the the culture of the school as you've intentionally set up these support systems like um i feel we've always had a culture that strives towards diversity that's always our school is relatively diverse um we're half 
student-wise, we're like half and half in so many ways. Um, we're half white, half not, half straight, half not. We're half uh, free and reduced lunch, half not. Like we're all over the place. Um, I think the last year of, of racial unrest has really helped us push even further in a way that I really love. Um, and so I've noticed slight changes there. But I mean, we've, you know, what, what I really am proud of is that like a lot of companies, like you can tell, I mean, again, not to toot my horn, but to toot my horn, a lot of companies put out these statements like, we are against the, shoot, the, sh the shooting and the, bre and the kneeling on the neck and we're against, and I'm just like, yeah, but, Nah, 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 nah. Like you're right, just talking. Where's the action? You yeah. talking? You talking? We've been about this game. We're not getting it perfect. We're not like always. We're not always killing it. But we've been about this life for a while, and we're pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing in ways that I can stand up and be proud of instead of just the lip service that seems to come from places. Yeah, and I feel like, and, and like, of course, not to discount any systems you've set up, but even just by virtue of like being, a, like you said, a diverse place, that alone, like the conversations are gonna be different, like mm -hmm. at lunch or whatever, like if you have those different viewpoints represented. Yeah. Versus, you know, a school that isn't as diverse. Yeah. You have like, not those opinions aren't well represented. Or, or like those yeah. experiences aren't well represented. And I'm going to go ahead and put out there that our staff, our staff are, is not as diverse as our, as our student body. And, you know, that's something we're always trying to change and we're trying to encourage, you know, 95% of Ohioan teachers are white. That's almost all of them. So we're trying to encourage students to um, love learning so that they we could foster a new group, a new generation of um, teachers of color. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, I mean, just from personal experience, I, I'm so glad I went into librarianship. I've learned so much that way and so much by loving lifelong learning and whatnot. But <laughs> the point is, I was not learning this stuff in high school. <laughs> I'm learning yeah. now. So, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm glad that like students now can basically get a jump on that stuff that I learned 10 years later. Mm -hmm. I was like, why wasn't I being taught this in public schools? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we had Dr. Hassan Jeffries on the, the podcast a couple years ago, and he's he has this you know, massive project trying to change the way slavery is taught in U.S. public schools, just things like that. Like, like you have to, it has to be like a systemic change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, we're in Ohio, so like I enroll parents who tell me stories about how slavery and how history is taught around Columbus. Like, it, like if you leave that 270 belt, the difference mm -hmm. between what you hear here and what you hear there. So it's not that far away. We have a long way to go. We have a long way to go, and that's an understatement. For sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, I also, so I also want to talk about, so as we listed in your bio. So you have this like amazing, like diverse set of experiences of jobs, um, everything from like coding to being a hip hop dance teacher. 
So how does that type of work like inform your current role as an enrollment coordinator? Uh, I just, I'm, I am good at people. I'm good at, um, I'm not as good at teaching people as a lot of, a lot of, uh, I feel like mm, I'm good at experiencing with people and sometimes that is the teaching, but I'm not a very good teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, but I, that I'm really good at understanding bodies and how they move in the world and body language and connection and um, relationship, partnership. I, these are things I really understand and uh, that come intuitive to me, intuitively to me. And I think that these jobs that I've had have just been me searching for how, how to put that into um, the world. Um, and also put food on the table. Um, and yeah, all those jobs were really about connection. And the ones that I weren't very, wasn't very good at was because they, you know, I was a web designer for a while, but like, like it was missing people. I'm, you know, I was a, I was a good web developer, but like, I couldn't really like excel because at the end of the day, I'm about people and feelings. I'm about feelings. Good at feelings. Very good at feelings. Yeah, I, you know, I, I feel like, you know, just tying it back to libraries, like a lot of people get into libraries, like library work because they love books and then realize that it's so much more about connecting with people. Mm-hmm, and so like, mm-hmm. that's, that's been one of the joys because I, I think in many ways I'm similar in that I need, like my strength lies in connecting with people yeah and not in more i don't know like numbers and tactile things i guess you know yeah yeah Um, yeah. so it's been one of the joys of of getting into this field is like just making those connections with people Mm -hmm. like day in day out yeah i I wanted to ask you so we recently interviewed devin Kopfer for the bpl podcast um and so she is the director and co-founder of chamber brews and so they recently premiered one of your compositions, Dig, on February 28th. Um, can you talk a little bit about how, how you ended up collaborating with Chamber Brews and that piece a little bit? Um, well, I, Devin Copper is the um, wife of a longtime collaborator, Alex Burgoyne. I, oh... I started working with Devin Kopfer begrudgingly. I didn't want to because I thought violence sounded like dying cats and I just didn't <laughs> want to deal. Yeah, I just go ahead. It's like she knows. And I was just like, ugh. I just was like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, I, I mean, I just didn't want to. And, um, after one time, I remember one time after I was recording with Alex, he was just like, you know, Devin would really like to play with you. And I was just like, <laughs> and um, I went to see her with um, the friend who, my best friend who introduced me to this place, um, a guy named Noah, at a Chamber Bruce concert. And I was like, oh, she has like a lot, like there's just tones that I hadn't heard her play before. So I started inviting her to do um, uh, work uh, on my albums, um, 
my band, Counterfeit Madison, wrote an album a few years ago, and I intentionally used no strings on it because I love strings composing. It's kind of been my crutch for years now, and um, Alex was pretty heavy on that album, and so when I recorded my third album, which hasn't been released yet, and I don't know if it ever will be, <laughs> um, I put Devin on it a lot. And so I started working with her and another Chamber Brews member named Sam Johnson quite a bit. And um, at the end of her recording session, they were like, would you ever write something for us? And then I was just like, yeah, duh. I, uh, duh. <laughs> I mean, you've played on all of my stuff. I should probably play on something, or I should probably like do something for y'all. <laughs> Um, so I wrote that piece. Yeah. So, so what, what was the timeline of this? Because it premiered in February. She told me maybe in November. So I was super busy. And so I like put Devin to the side. And then I remembered like, I was like, oh, I have to write a piece for Devin. So I like wrote it in like 48 hours. I was like. <sighs> and then I gave it to her. And then. We made a few changes, and then they performed it in late February. So once you started it, it sounds like it kind of like oh, it came I mean, out pretty truck through it. Like oh, it came out pretty quick. I'm a very quick composer. I'm really, 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 really fast. That's a, that's a good uh, skill to have. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> um, yeah. I, I was I was just listening to the piece right before the podcast. Um, I, I really enjoyed that sort of the duality between that the more like legato lines mm-hmm. and the, the pensacato, like the more mm-hmm. rhythmic stuff. It's very cool. Oh yeah. <laughs> I like a good contrast. I'm into contrast. Yeah. So that was through the Johnstone, uh, fun for new music, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're always doing cool stuff. So that is, uh, they for are. listening, that's still up, I believe on their Facebook page, um, to listen to you. So definitely check that out. Yeah. Yeah. I love Devin. I, I mean, she's great. Yeah. So I studied music composition at Capitol, and... Oh, you did? I, mm-hmm. You're a dork. I am a dork. That's, <laughs> that's very true. Ew. So that's how, that's how I know all those people, like Alex and, and whatnot. Um, Ew. Why did but, you do that? Do you like I suffering? I, I do, yeah. I was like, what's the least marketable degree I can get? <laughs> <laughs> a music composition? I'll take one, please. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm just, I shouldn't like, I shouldn't mock you because like, you know, when I was 18 years old and 17 and I was graduating from high school and I thought about going into music and I just knew I couldn't get in. I knew I couldn't get into school. Are you kidding me? So like, I mean, you're a dork, but you're a real one because you got into music school. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Anyway, I, um, I always like to ask on our podcast, like, is there anything you've read, watched, listened to lately that, that you loved? Yes. Um, I, my favorite sh- it will be hard to top. My favorite show that I've seen on television is I May Destroy You by Michaela Cole. It's on HBO, and it is the story of um, a woman dealing with uh, sexual assault. And it's heavy, but like... Her sense of humor is so 
spot on and like the the diversity shown is not like a lot of times I mean no no offense to white people but take the offense you sometimes you can really tell like not all the time but you can tell like when like white people write things because it's always like it's like checkboxy it's like oh well we have to have like eh, like this happened and there has to be like you know it just is heavy-handed and um exaggerated and there's something about Michaela Cole's writing and casting and staging that feels natural and real because it is <laughs> because it's coming from a black person I was I've I've read a lot and seen a lot of of interviews many interviews about this this show and a lot of people a lot of Londoners are saying that's the London I've never seen um, and, you know, I've never been to London, but I believe them. Um, it's heartwarming. It is like, if you want to understand what empathy is, watch that show. If you want to understand what like human connections all about, watch that show. If you want to understand like black womanhood, watch that show in a new way. It's so, it's, yeah, it's the most powerful piece of television I've seen. Wow. Uh, maybe this is what will finally get me to get an HBO subscription. I, I will, I feel like oh, Jeff, I will, <laughs> give you, I will give you my HBO subscription. I will give you my login. All like, right. not All even right. kidding. It's so good. I've given several people my HBO login. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if I should say that on a podcast. But I've, Everyone like, like. It. Yeah, I've given several, like, people are like, oh, I really want to see that show. But I don't have HBO. I'm like, bet, solved. Go watch it. (laughs) Well, so before we wrap up today, again, Sharon, I really appreciate your time. Um, Is there anything you'd like to plug? Um, We have seventh grade openings here at the Arts and College Preparatory Academy. If you know any sixth graders who are looking for a school um, and they want a magical innovative, engaging, critical thinking filled, like chill, like super chill. Like middle school is trash, y'all. Middle school is is trash. It's it's like I any like every American, every American deserves a medal for making it past middle school. And our middle school, I'm gonna brag. I'm gonna toot toot our horn. Our middle school is just so chill and like a lot of the meat like a lot of kids really develop their claws during that time and we just like we just like put them away we just put the claws away (laughs) and it just makes for such a better middle school experience so if you're looking you know if you're looking for if you're looking for a place where we we do talk about these issues we talk about black history we talk about we talk about police shootings we talk about lgbtq plus rights we talk about we really talk about these things in critical ways if you're looking for school where that happens or where you know your kid is feeling art deprived um or just like lost visit our website that's a pretty pretty serious pitch right there and yeah, I, I gotta say, I among the the words I would use to describe my middle school experience, chill, 
It's nowhere to be found. So, Bruh, <laughs> it's so chill. Like, I'm just so confused. It's like mad chill. It's amazing. Well, again, thank you so much, Sharon, for being on the podcast. It was really great to talk with you. No problem. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks for listening to today's podcast with Sharon Udall. Be sure to help our podcast grow by rating us five stars and telling a friend. And check out all of our upcoming programs and events across social media platforms at Bexley Library or on our website at bexleylibrary.org. Thank you.